Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio today with Nancy Friedman, also co-founder of KidsViews.com. Hello. And Amy Oztan, SelfishMom.com. I was going to say like founder, editor, I, I'm, I'm everything selfish. Uh, <laughs> it's just me. I'm chief cook and bottle washer. Um, today on the podcast, we have some, we're like super kid focused today. First topic we're going to talk about Insta-fame for kids in this new digital age and what the new stage mom looks like. And then we're going to talk about whether or not your toddler should be wearing a bikini. And I can't even, we'll get to that. Um, and maybe we'll talk about this whole idea of modesty in general for girls and the dress code bananas um, phenomenon that has happened over this past few months. But let's jump into this first topic we have on the phone with us today. Michelle Ruiz, who this entire topic came out of your article, Michelle. Um, so Michelle, glad. <laughs> you wrote this great article at Cosmopolitan.com um, called Six-Year-Old Cece Price is a Famous Internet Comedian, But Her Mom Won't Rest Until She's on TV. And boy, does that sum it up. <laughs> um, so we should maybe you could go into a little bit about um, what the story on CC was about for our listeners who didn't read it yet, although we will have a link up to the article from our Facebook page. Yeah, so CC Price is a six year old famous internet comedian, as the headline says. She lives in Bogalusa, Louisiana, which is a small town outside of New Orleans. And she is a very, very funny little girl, and she has a knack for celebrity impersonations. So she's done Beyonce, Kevin Hart, Rihanna. Sometimes she does characters from Empire, Cookie from Empire. <laughs> um, and she also just kind of has a natural, you know, comedic talent and timing. And so she sometimes will just do kind of these off-the-cuff Vine videos. And that's how she actually got famous a couple of years ago during... Um, the 2012 election, she was just three years old wearing an Obama t-shirt, kind of urging people to vote for President Obama. Um, and that's how she sort of gained this big Instagram and Vine following. And a couple of celebrities started to repost her. I think Kevin Hart retweeted her. And so she, over the years, has amassed almost 800,000 Instagram followers. That's unbelievable. And it's crazy. It's totally crazy. I mean, some celebrities have a million, you know, real, quote-unquote, real celebrities. Right. Traditional celebrities. And, you know, long story short, her parents over time realized that um, Instagram is a really nifty way to make money. And, you know, different brands and even movie studios pay CC to post about their movies to, you know, when I was there visiting her, she imitated she got into full gear as Paul Blart and did a whole Instagram based on the new Paul Blart movie and Sony paid her for that and her family is making around $6,000 a month based on her Instagram talents. And are her parents working otherwise or is this now the full family job? So her parents are divorced and she lives with her mom and stepdad and her stepdad is working at the local school. Um, sort of as like a dean disciplinarian type thing at the local high school. But her mom is not working. Her mom is basically now 
her full-time manager. And um, as we talk about in the article, she's really wanting to use Instagram as a launch pad to get CC, you know, onto Nickelodeon or the Disney Channel or some some movies just to, you know, to use Instagram to launch her career. It's, and according to your article, CC has no idea how many Instagram followers she has. <laughs> it was really cute, actually, and really funny. Um, I was happy, I guess, in a way, to kind of hear that she's not sitting there tracking how many followers she has or comments or likes or things like that. So she, um, when I asked her, how many Instagram followers do you have? I think she said 87. <laughs> and probably the biggest laughed. number she could think of. <laughs> right, it was the biggest number she can think of, and we all laughed really hard, and I think after everyone laughed, she said 1,087. <laughs> so in a way, you know, that was for, you know, on the on the angle of being disturbed that she is essentially the child star of the Instagram era, at least she doesn't have a clue as to how many Instagram followers she has. It is so interesting to me, you know, so one of the things we were talking about before we started was, is this is the new stage mom. Like, you know, I used to held up Kathy Lee Gifford as like sort of the example of the terrible you know, celebrity who used to parade her children out for her own purposes all the time. But um, it's like everyone can be the Kathy Lee Gifford now. And, you know, I wonder sometimes stories like this about Cece, people don't realize actually how much work goes into it. They think they can just stick their kid up on YouTube and their kid will be the next Justin Bieber or the next Evan Tube for that matter. But one of the things you talk about in this article was how much work goes into creating this little 14-second video. Yeah, a lot of work went into it. Um, I was real. I got really tired watching CC <laughs> film this whole Paul Blart video. So you know, Instagram videos are 15 seconds, and um, we were out there in the in the Louisiana swamp probably for close to three hours. And did you get the sense that she was having a good time? You know, at that point, less so. So at the outset, yes, she was having fun. She came out on her Paul Blart-esque scooter, and we were all dying laughing, and she thought she was having fun. By the end, she was definitely getting kind of tired. You know, she they were trying to recreate scenes from the movie trailer, and this entailed, you know, probably like six or seven different setups. You know, one of them was her stepdad, pulling up the car in the driveway and having it look like Cece was getting hit by the car. Another one was having her kind of run into a glass, sliding glass door and looking like, it was a lot of stunt work, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And it was really, really involved. And I mean, the other thing to your point about it being a lot of work was that her mom, Daphne, really kind of has this knack for editing together those three hours into a 15 second video that Sony was really happy with. So it's like, not anyone can just do this. It, it kind of does take that level of strategy and like creative talent to edit, you know, could I edit three hours of video into a 15 second Instagram video using Dub Smash and iMovie? Honestly, no. It's kind of amazing actually, you know, we were thinking about the difference between this and like former child stars or like proper child stars right you're Justin Timberlake's you're Christina Aguilera you're Britney Spears all those Mickey Mouse Club kids or even if you look at Selena Gomez you know one of the differences is there's actually like laws in place (laughs) that there's child labor laws um, and there's laws in place about where that money goes Mm -hmm. for those kids whereas now with this social media wild west 
You have no idea. Like, there's no protection in place for this money to be going to Cece to be held for when she's an adult. There's no one saying on the set of this Paul Blart shoot, like, she can't keep running into a glass door. Um, you know, or, hey, time for tutoring on the set. You know, like, whatever it is, there seems to be a, such a, I don't know, like, a not that the kids are at risk necessarily because they're with their parents, but there's no oversight whatsoever. And it's interesting that Sony, as a sponsor, hasn't thought about that a little bit. Like, you know, you kind of wonder after your article came out and they know she filmed for three hours in the swamp to create this video. I don't know what they paid them, but like, is that is that compensation even I, what it should be? A standard, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it is just like you said, kind of the Wild West where... It's on the one hand, I was impressed that Sony was kind of savvy enough and millennial, so to speak, enough to realize that a great way to promote their movies are to do it via Instagram and find those influencers, so to speak, on Instagram who are going to really get their movie out there. But I think I kind of got the sense that they also, they they know that it's, a little dicey and it's also new that right there are no regulations on it and and everyone's sort of still figuring it out because when I reached out to confirm this um, they confirmed it and they also I think you know said something about how this is something that is pretty standard across a lot of studios are doing this and it's not just something that they're doing and because it felt a little weird to say yes we are we are kind of funding this six-year-old you know this six-year-old girl is we're a client of this six-year-old girl right right they're not really it's i mean yes it's the six-year-old girl but it's really her mother her mother who sets it up her mother i mean the six-year-old girl is the talent the mother is the businesswoman the producer the editor the director like she's 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 the one presumably they're not negotiating with cc they're negotiating with the mom right but in the old days cc would have an agent right like that money like that whole gary coleman lawsuit that started this whole thing you know with child with his parents taking all of his money basically um you know if she were on Disney, actually, it'd be very interesting for her mother because they would not be negotiating with her mother, and that well, money would could be she could be it could be, but the money manager. wouldn't go to her. But it would even, go yeah, into an, even it would if, be paid to CC. Even if the mom were acting as the agent and the manager, there would be other things in place because they would be hiring CC right herself, as which is not right. happening here, and it really it frightens me for these kids. I mean that the this part of it, the regulation and everything, I totally agree that this is it's obviously it is the Wild West. It's brand new, and I'm sure there will be some oversight that. Will come of these sorts of things because like you said she's not the only one um, but as a whole as a practice you know logistics aside I don't have a problem with it kid parents have always wanted kids to be stars kids have always wanted to be stars if she's miserable and unhappy that's one thing if it you know that's it's the my, way of the world my 11 year old daughter has been begging me to get her an agent for about six <laughs> years now and I'm running out of excuses she wants to be the next Disney star which is not gonna happen I'm not moving to California for one thing yeah and you know she she just doesn't get it she sees other kids doing it and thinks that it's really easy and she doesn't see all of the heartbreak and suicides and you know the parents stealing all the money mm. and all of that and I want to keep her as far away from it as possible so the fact that in a few years she could just pick up a camera 
and do it herself is mm. doubly frightening. Right. But I do think that's back to the whole point, Michelle, your original point, which it takes a lot of work. Right. And I do think anyone can pick up a camera. But as we know from YouTube, it's like it's not even one percent of people who get more than 100 views. It's something like point oh oh one percent. Like yeah. it's such a small percentage and I think actually you get the opposite a lot right you get parents reading these articles or kids reading these articles to your point about the Disney Channel and thinking like oh well hey I'm gonna stick my kid and throw him into the pool with I don't know whatever and it'll go viral right. and they realize how hard it is and then most give up well honestly what's interesting when, in this case oh sorry no go ahead no I, I was just gonna say that honestly when I heard those numbers how many followers she had I was like how is she only making six thousand dollars a month right you know when you compare yeah. it to some of the other little internet yeah. stars I, mean, I think what's interesting in their case is, you know, the difference between maybe like when I was a kid being like, I want to be an actress. Um, Instagram gives that kind of like training ground and mm-hmm. almost like a stepping stone. So like as a, as a mom, Daphne's getting all of this feedback in the form of 800,000 people following them and, you know, getting the like approval for approval on the fandom you know she's getting tons of fan letters and they're getting people who reach out to them wanting to pay them and so it kind of fuels the desire to then you know keep getting bigger and bigger whereas I think in the past it would have just been like a harder road to go from like your playground to Nickelodeon star now it's sort of like you can test it out on Instagram which makes it you know kind of like a you know fertile ground for being like What's the next big thing? Now what should we do? We're going to be a huge, even bigger star on TV. Right. It's amazing for studios. I mean, it's a huge resource for talent scouts. And you I know. think the piece, the part of your article that I found the most disturbing was her association with Floyd, um, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was tough. That was really tough. Yep. I mean, it, it was something that it seems like it um, is kind of like a side project for him and his money team, which is just kind of this, you know, I still kind of have a little bit of trouble figuring out what it is, even though I've reported this, but, you know, it's just kind of this affiliation of different businesses that are all, that he kind of has his hands in, and one with one of them being kind of um, acting like a godfather or a sponsor of sorts to some kids who he thinks are really talented, but absolutely, I have, it's, it's, blatantly concerning and I think even family members of Gaffney's CZ's mom you know said to her how could you how could you be affiliated with this guy when he is a someone thug. who you know has a, yeah has this you know scroll History. long rap sheet that of violence against women and sometimes in front of his kids according to records and so if that was super troubling and you know I it's it was really kind of tough it was tough to balance how I feel about it really I guess doesn't matter it's just more about you know doing the reporting and presenting the story but as a mom I have a 16 17 month old daughter my first gut was sort of like oh just let her be a kid you know just why does she have to work you know this this is so much um but then I really did step back and say to myself well there have been child stars from Shirley Temple to Beyonce and a ton of people that we you know, lionized right now in our culture, we're all child stars. Britney, um, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, Reese Witherspoon, all these people were child stars. And I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we thought that their moms never kind of whipped them into shape and told them that it was time to work and weren't hustling to get them where they are. Absolutely. And I think 
then then the flip side of that is we all know what happens to child stars. Like the ones you named right. are sort of the exception. The outliers. The rule. Yeah. I have a friend right. right now who's picking up her family and moving from New York to Canada because her son got a sitcom. They're hmm. all moving. Right. I mean, I think that is, I guess, the unfortunate thing is, to Amy's point, is most of us know the real, you know, most child stars don't make the transition. And I think on social media, I bet that will be doubly true because it is so instant and you don't have a machine behind you um, trying to help you reinvent yourself. And it's so easy for you to pick up that camera. I mean, at six, you're still cute. But like when you hit puberty, when those things change... Um, and or when your family is depending on you for income and you suddenly are like, I don't want to do it anymore. Well, that is really that's tough. That's the same whether it's digital media or traditional media. But I think the difference is that 15 minutes, it's probably, you know, four minutes. Right. <laughs> digital realm. Yeah. The Internet will eat you up and spit you out when right. you get that first zit. <laughs> right. So fleeting. So it, it does make you really curious to see what will happen to. I'm really curious to see what happens with CC. And I'm really curious to see what happens with. You know, all the other kids who are kind of getting famous this way. Yeah. Well, I hope she ends up all okay. <laughs> I hope she's the next Beyonce. That's my, yes. totally my hope. Or or a doctor. <laughs> you know what? Or yeah, like, or, or finds her path. Or the attorney general of Louisiana. Exactly. Exactly. Um, she could definitely parlay that personality to politics, no doubt about she it. She has an amazing personality, and that's yeah. something, you know, that her mom can't fake. And, um, she, they do get some haters on Instagram, of course, who will who will message and say, "Why is she imitating these some of these stars that are older and sexier and all this other stuff?" And um, her mom is sort of like, "Listen, she doesn't watch Empire. She doesn't she doesn't <laughs> right. really watch any of these things that she might be imitating." Um, but she does get a lot of criticism, and I think she one thing that I did observe was that Cece is really, <laughs> really an amazing natural raw talent. So that's something that she she can't fake and she right. can't orchestrate. And that is the best thing about social media. You really can't fake it. <laughs> to a certain extent, no, you really can't. You really can't. Well, thank you so much. This was a fantastic article. We're going to link to it on our Facebook page. And it was great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully we'll... Talk to you again soon. Write something else really cool and oh, interesting yeah, about definitely. this. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm something about um, kids not being able to wear bikinis. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't step out into that minefield. But, <laughs> but thanks for the segue. Thank <laughs> thanks, Michelle. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Okay. We're actually going to take a quick sponsor break. We have a cool sponsor today. Score big. This is, I, okay, so I'm going to be the first to say, like, we, I had no idea about this company, and we buy so many tickets for things, and Nancy buys more tickets for things than anyone I know. (laughs) Um, My husband, just the other day, was looking for U2 tickets, and um, now I'm so excited. So here's the deal. Score big. You save on every ticket every day. It doesn't have to be last minute. Like, you can go way in advance for advanced tickets, but you go on scorebig.com first, and you can name your price. So you can save up to 60% off box office price. On average, customers save 40% off the box office price, which is huge. Tickets are so expensive. Seriously, Corey was looking at U2 tickets. They were like $275. I just... I, I would just like to say in my defense, I buy a lot of tickets 
a lot of them I buy in a subscription to theater <laughs> companies because it's a lot cheaper. If you have a lot of subscriptions, it's right. actually significantly But you can't cheaper. do that for like concerts. No. You can't and do it for sporting, sporting events. events. I mean, unless the right. season ticket holders forget it. It's right. so expensive. You can't expensive. even get them. Right. Um, so here's how it works. It's pretty simple. You go to scorebig.com. You find a game or a show you want to go to. You pick your seating area. So you're not going to get stuck with like crapola seats somewhere. You're going to know where the area is you're sitting. You name your ticket price and you get an instant answer. So this is really cool. So, right, so you don't have to buy what they, it's not like. Right. It's not random. Right. It's seating. not like a hotel site where then they tell you later or they right. tell you like, <laughs> where, what hotel it is or they tell you later what airline it is. Like, you know what you're seeing. You know the general area, at least where you're sitting. And you right. know, you can say no. If right. they don't want your price, you don't have to get them. Yeah. I thought I was seeing U2. What's U3? <laughs> right. What did I just buy? It's U2 the submarine. <laughs> um, so I actually thought this was cool. They said 40% of tickets to events go unsold even playoff games. And I think that's because people think they're sold out or yeah. they think they're going to be too expensive. So I say get on there, man. Go on to scorebig.com. People save about $80 per purchase over 40% off box office price. You can do tickets days, weeks, even months in advance. This is not a last minute thing. This isn't scrambling to find a ticket. Like, so you really can plan, which I also love. So There are some great sites for that, too. But this is the plan ahead thing, which is great if yeah. you're planning a trip, if you're coming to New York, you want to do something, if you're going to another city, you want to check out their sports teams there. Right. Well, that's a week because we go to Michigan every summer and we're always, we always get Tigers tickets and then we try to see what is at, I can't remember what they call it now, but it used to be called Pine Knob, which is the outdoor concert center. Now it's called like the Detroit Energy Center, some stupid <laughs> name like that, but I still call it Pine Knob. But we saw Maroon 5, you know, we saw Demi Lovato one year, so we took one for the team for that. Um, but and, and we didn't mention that they don't charge fees. Right. And there's no awesome. fees. So it's that like, I don't even understand because it's so awesome. I know. Um, so next time you want tickets, think big, save big, score big at scorebig.com. Check it out. Okay. Now we're on to a totally different kind of topic. Toddlers in bikinis. It sounds like a reality show. <laughs> it's actually not so different. It's sort of about what's appropriate behavior in, on the internet for kids, right? Well, it doesn't have to be on the internet. It's like... Well, that's true. Anywhere. Right. Anywhere. I guess don't post pictures of your toddlers in bikinis. So when I first heard this like controversy about the toddlers in bikinis, and seriously, we'll put links to some of the articles. It's Crazy Town USA. Yeah. I mean, people are on so vehement about this being a sexualized way of presenting your child, which I... I cannot get my head around. I thought this was about like bikinis on tweens, because like that... I, I, first of all, I don't think you should be pleasing your daughter, but the, that is the awkward time in your daughter's life where you're like, ooh, dad looks very different now. Right, <laughs> like, right. Let's see how other people are now looking at you. No one's looking at your toddler as a sexy being in a bikini. And if they are, yeah, that's that person right. having a major problem. It's not on you. Can I just say why my daughters wore two pieces so much when they were little? Bathroom? Yes. Yeah. Diaper changing. Yeah, yeah. It's a swim diaper. First of all, if you have the time you put a swim diaper on, you just put a top on them anyway, maybe a bathing suit cover. But like, yeah, the diaper change or when they're potty training, the last thing you need, you know how kids wait Ugh. till the last second to go when they're being potty trained? Like you pulling off a wet one piece, getting them on the potty and then trying to get that thing back on them <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wet is is so painful. So I just didn't get it. But people were basically like, if you put your toddler in a bikini, automatically they're sexualized. That's what a bikini is. I just find it, I actually find it incredibly distressing. We had yeah. these friends years ago, and they, and 
a friend of theirs said to us, he had just had a baby, and he said, oh, I'll never change my daughter's diaper because the only, you know, woman I'm going to touch that way is my wife. What? I thought, that is so gross Ew. that you think of your baby in that way. Like, who thinks like that about your Ew. baby? And that this is the same thing. Like, who, what? There's always going to be sick crazies out there who are going to sexualize children and even toddlers because that's the disgusting thing, truth of the world. But to acknowledge it, it, it to lend it but, some sort of credence almost by saying, I weird. can't put my baby in a bathing suit, it, it's insane. But this is where it starts, all right? This is, this is why you have people telling grown women, you know, you have to cover up at your high school graduation, at your prom, whatever, because the men won't be able to stop having impure thoughts about you. It starts when they're that young, with you saying, you need to cover your toddler up because men might not be thinking the right thing. So part of the case that one of the articles I read was someone saying, not that it's because men are looking at toddlers and thinking sexualized, is that you are putting your child in a se- like almost like pageant. Like there you is are nothing sexy about a fat little chubby toddler no, in a bikini. That's what I think too. Like this idea, like that's not sex. So not putting her in the Princess Leia you know, <laughs> Return of the Jedi bikini. Like this is not that. Like I don't get it. Like it's so Weird to me. Ever look at a toddler bikini? It's like ruffles and yeah. thing. I've okay, got but, ladybugs on. Right, them. But at the same time, like, have you ever seen like a three or four year old in like lurex leggings and a leopard top? Yes. Like that's I, I like an inappropriate that, weird. Right. I do think that's sort of inappropriate and weird when I see a kid dressed like a little like all tarted up. Are I just these, don't think a bikini. Are these is kids like in that. Vegas? Like, where are you seeing these kids? No, I actually oh. walked by a store the other day and they had little like things in the window and it was just it was like the first like a three-year-old said like i only date i only date rock stars and i thought like ew yeah and the male one said i only date models so then there is a point where it is inappropriate and sexualizing just that none of the three of us thinks that that point is putting a baby in a bikini yeah i guess because maybe if it was a leopard bikini (laughs) (laughs) with fringe and rhinestones and we just would think it was tacky and then you put him in a high heel mule (laughs) maybe then i'd have a problem with it but but there are little high heeled you know sandals for little little kids which are also ridiculous like that 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 shouldn't exist that's also kind of goofy and silly but like i think like just to uniformly say a bathing suit with two pieces because it shows a tummy some, like a big round belly yeah, of a right, toddler right. with well, their diaper butt hanging out. Like I, I mean, just... mostly they take it off anyway, and then they end up running around either naked or just in a diaper. I was gonna say yeah. half the time my girls were just in a swim diaper. When, like when right. we were when my kids were little, we lived next door to the the big playground where everybody came to go to the, the huge sprinklers. And every single year, like clockwork, in the middle of summer, somebody would start to try to get all the little kids to cover up because they would they would just go out in swim diapers and have fun. And these are like three and four year olds we're talking about, and we're like, no, you're a pervert. Yeah, right, right. right. If there's a certain point i mean for me like i could see like okay at a certain point i'm sticking a rash guard on my kid because the sunscreen battle is not worth it like yeah. you're getting a rash guard now like that's your choice but this not for such an american debate. Oh, oh, like, totally. it's embarrassingly provincial and american yeah that this is even a topic for conversation honestly it is really crazy but it does it is interesting amy when you brought up like graduation and prom and those rules i mean you were talking about there were girls in floor length dresses but because they had spaghetti straps or were strapless weren't allowed to wear them yeah like, oh really that oh yeah is getting kicked out of their proms that is insane these were not girls in like cut up to wherever dresses with the what and you know what even if they were it's their freaking prom if they right. want to dress like whatever they want to dress like i mean i think it's like a 
I don't even think it's like, oh, the boys will be distracted. Because like I said to my daughters the other day, boys are distracted by your nose. Like, it, bo- it doesn't matter. They're teenage right. boys. Yeah. The, the wind blows a certain way. They're turned on. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, just get over it. But it's more that girls are being taught to be, like, ashamed of, of yeah. their sexuality at a time when I think girls are realizing that it has... It is something like and it is a very weird moment for I think a girl when you realize people are looking at you at that way and some girls might like it and some girls are totally freaked out by it. Well, and it is a horror. It is a very difficult time. It does need to be made worse. They're pointing it out to you every 10 seconds at school or dress coding you or shaming you at the same time. I mean, I there the school is across the street from where we live. I gather has no dress code and there are girls going to school every morning that I I can't imagine how that is allowed in little crop tops and teeny, 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 tiny shorts, like with just barely their private parts covered and nothing else. So there have to there, there has to be, be some yeah. standard. There has to be a standard in that, like you are at school. This is a place to learn. Just like in the workplace, you would not get hired walking in like that. Right. right. It's about it's hard to teach taste and and to teach dressing respect in a respectful way for the situation. Right. Um, I go through this with my daughter in a totally different way because she wants to wear sweatpants everywhere. Um, and I have to teach her that that's just not respectful. And it's the same thing wearing, you know, hoochie mama little mini skirt. I don't even know if that's a, an accurate term. Mm-hmm. I'm really it's old. Totally, it is the official um, term. Yes. Officially, all right. <laughs> hoochie mama clothes. Um, but it, there's a, just a huge difference between teaching respect for a situation and saying you can't do this because you're distracting the boy over there, yeah. and that's what a lot of schools are doing. There's an article I'll link to about this one girl. Is that what who, they're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, one girl got kicked out of her prom because a bunch of like middle-aged dads were leering at so her gross. from the balcony, wow. and she got really loud about it. She was like, "I am not responsible for what a bunch of old men are doing, looking at right. me dancing." That's not on me. Right. right. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting because my daughters go to an all-girls camp and they have a dress code. So it has nothing to do with boys. They right. have a dress code. They can't wear spaghetti strap tank tops with their bra straps hanging out. They can't wear jeans. They can't wear shorts that are cut. Like, they can't have stuff that's raggedy. It's just a very basic, like, you can have a sleeveless shirt, but it can't be spaghetti strap. You can have, it's not like the length of your shorts matter, but they're they're green they ain't happening <laughs> they're, right. green. they're not so sexy um they're just all the girls get sophie shorts or whatever and they have a rule for socials when they have the socials with the boys it's the same rule it's like you can't have a crop super crop top and you can't have and it's just nobody cares about that there's never been a complaint about the dress code at camp because it's just presented as like you all are quality girls we have taste here it's just that's how we dress like just that's it. It's yeah. not a question. It's not imposed in this bizarre way where also in schools, it's not imposed on the boys. Like, they don't say, like, pull up your pants. You can't have your pants hanging down. Well, they do, actually. There it's are plenty of There's no hats. No hats is one thing, but they don't say no baseball jerseys. Like, how come boys can wear those nasty or whatever they are, well, basketball jerseys? Men in tank tops, that should be banned everywhere for every yes, age. exactly. Like, gross. Ew. No one wants to see that. Plus... You know they smell because <laughs> yeah. they're teenage boys. But there, there are just fewer ways for boys to to dress inappropriately. But it's not a sexual thing when yeah. they do it to boys either. It's a respect thing. It's like a totally different thing. And they don't. They're not like you can't have your muscles showing or your pectoral right. muscles showing. Well, I passed a religious couple last night while I was walking the dog, and he was wearing short sleeve shirt, shorts, and with his 
little tzitzit sticking out and his head was covered. His little what? You know, the, the fringe. Oh. You know? <laughs> and, no, not that. Don't go there. <laughs> and she, it was hot. And she was and in she pantyhose. And she was, co- no, covered, covered, covered. You know, the skirt all the way down and the head covered and the elbows covered and the clavicle covered. And I just thought, how come he is allowed to be comfortable in the hot, humid sun? And oh, she is not. Look, right. Right. Well, not, does not, isn't that where all this stems from? Yeah, yes. all of it. I mean, that that is directly from you are tempting me. Right. You know, and you're tempting other men. Right, which is, which is bizarre that then these school dress codes, and I feel like it's more out of control than ever. I mean, I feel like every year this props up, and maybe it's just because of social media that people are so writing about it and posting about it so it's a much more universal thing but when I was in school and it was the 80s when I was in high school it couldn't have been a skankier time I mean it was seriously it was Madonna <laughs> skank. yeah it was Madonna and Cindy Lauper everyone was wearing their bras everywhere on the outside of your clothes and everyone came to school like no one cared no one gave anyone grief we weren't wearing um, short shorts because that wasn't in style yeah but and maybe the giant socks made up for it. But like girls, I, w- I was wearing two lacrosse, like mesh. Over I was wearing it. two oh. Lacoste shirts at a time, however. <laughs> okay, you went to a different school because I was definitely channeling Madonna. Yeah, me too. And everyone was channeling Madonna, and everyone was wearing the black bra with the thing over it. I mean, yeah. every shirt I owned was cut. Yeah, the flash dance. Yeah, I cut the neckline. No one cared. No one said anything. No one made you wear the big giant dress code shirt of shame right. if you Ugh. came with the thing. So. I don't know. I think power to the girls, man. They are taking this very seriously and taking it to social media, and I like it. Toddlers, unfortunately, cannot speak up for themselves. That's, that's <laughs> why they have parenting bites. That's, that's right. why they have us. So you can send us your comments. Tell us if you're putting your child in a bikini. Don't You don't need to post a picture of it but <laughs> to show us. But you can, because maybe the fat roly-poly baby is the cutest thing in the bikini <laughs> they ever. They are. They're adorable. They're the my daughter, my, my daughter did not wear a bikini. According to her, she wore a zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> she would always ask, Mommy, can I wear my zucchini? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> um, and so we're going to be right back with our Bites of the Week. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Okay, we are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, you going first? I can. I almost feel stupid because my Bite (laughs) of the Week, um, it doesn't need any publicity. (laughs) Like, a zillion, gazillion people are going to see it, no matter what I say. But there was nothing that impacted me more last week than seeing Inside Out. Oh, I'm so happy that's oh, what you picked. Yay. I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Oh, and I my thought God. we all had, didn't all see it. So. Now, it, it's, it, I've now seen it almost twice because the first time I <laughs> saw it a month that. ago, they only let us see two thirds of it, which was just cruel. Um, but I guess there, there were a lot of little kids in the audience and they didn't want little kids running home and saying the ending and everything. But um, finally got to see the whole thing. My kids went and loved it. My husband loved it. You know, I mean, it's truly a movie that the entire family will enjoy. When you can find something that a tween girl and boy and middle-aged parents all loved equally, that's a winner. That's and it's the magic oh, of Pixar. It's so fantastic. And the fact and that she's it, not even being paid. The magic. <laughs> it is. And they, they do it better they than do. anyone else. They absolutely yeah. do. And the fact that I saw it, you know, it's about an 11-year-old girl and what's going on inside her head. And I was sitting next to my 11-year-old girl while watching it. And I think I cried about 17 times. Mm-hmm. And 
after seeing it, I just feel like I have insight into what's going on in her poor, poor confused head right now. And I'm going to try to remember the lessons from the movie next time but I want to yell at she's her. She's getting off a climb just doing it. I, am, I can't so help it. Good. It was so good. All right. Um, this is not my bite of the week, but I'm going to jump in and just say you should listen to the Fresh Air podcast interview with Pete, Peter Doctor, the oh. director, because it all came about from his daughter being 11. And that changed. That's awesome. But anyway. Nancy? Well, <laughs> my bite also needs no publicity to have any kind, but... And I, I have this terrible feeling that I've used it once before, but I, it totally is a lifesaver for car trips on the weekend. It's Waze. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did, did I do that already? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But it's it's like the best app ever. It, it is. totally trumps my GPS of my car. Yeah. Um, it is a, as you have now gathered since I compared it to my GPS, it is a... Um, directions app on your phone i have it on android and my husband has it on his iphone so it's for both and and it's even on windows phone wait, nothing's on windows wait. phone <laughs> last it time is. i checked it wasn't yeah I i'm gonna it. check right I now while it. you're doing this <laughs> and it is it tells you if it, it reroutes you based on traffic automatically it tells it's you if there's a cop ahead it's everybody else has it running yes. and it's crowdsourced so you're a wazer and you can leave little comments like if it says there's a car stopped on the side of the road and you drive by and it's not there you can say not there anymore you can give it the thumbs not up while you're driving there. no the passenger hand, hand, hand the phone to your passenger kids. does that but it's it's a total lifesaver if you're going away on a lot of road trips this weekend and since gas is pretty cheap a lot of people are this summer um it is a really a lifesaver especially if you have kids stuck in the back seat are we there yet the <laughs> avoiding traffic piece of it is golden i also use it for uber because the uber drivers have like the official uber thing they use and it sucks and it's based <laughs> on google no really and it doesn't have the traffic stuff on oh. it so i tap into ways and tell them where to go <laughs> much better it is on yes. Windows Phone. Yes, it is. And I'm installing oh it Oh, my right God. The now. other two people with Windows Phones who are listening. They're going to be so <laughs> happy. Come to yes. my house afterwards. We'll all install it together. And I will tell you that the interface on the Windows Phone, because I had it on Windows Phone before I got an Android, um, is better than the than the Android interface. Okay, that it's never a happens. lovely interface. That never, mm -hmm. ever oh, happens. Wow. I'm telling you. All right. My bite of the week is I just got back last night. From four days at beaches, Turks and Caicos. And you look so tan. I'm so tan. She tanned. does not look tan. But on the fourth day there, she said, is this your first day here? Or we just... <laughs> no, it's our fourth day here. And we're leaving. Um, she's like, good sunscreen. I was like, mm -hmm. um, So I will be the first to admit, I am a total vacation snob. I thought all-inclusive vacations were just really gross. <laughs> um, that's why I'll never go on a cruise. Um, I enjoy good food. I don't like planned activities. I don't like other people. So <laughs> everything about all inclusive <laughs> sounded awful. <laughs> and my husband agrees, which is why we've been married for uh, forever. Um, so we went to beaches and we were, I should say this, we were flown there. We were put up um, because my daughters are working for beaches for the next year, quote unquote working. Stage mother. Yeah, stage mother. <laughs> stage mother. Honestly, like totally pimp your kids out for this. Um, so they're the teen ambassadors. So they had their teen ambassador orientation and met all the other kids and learned with all about beaches inside and out um, so that they could write on the beaches blog and answer questions for other kids and whatever. 
it was the best freaking experience because we did not see our children <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> Which happens even if they're not ambassadors. Yes. That's what's nice about an all-inclusive. It, what was so nice about it, not, and it was, it's such a nicely done all-inclusive because it is so family-focused. I think there's a lot of, like, singles all-inclusives and whatever. Um, which still, no, I will never go to. So, but first of all, Turks and Caicos couldn't be a more beautiful place. Like, that beach is insane, crazy, most, like, it's a picture postcard. It's like that pure white sand. The water is turquoise, and you can see all the way to the bottom, all the way out. And the snorkeling is, well, I have been there, and the snorkeling is amazing it's, just walking in off the beach. Yeah, you don't have to go out on the boat or anything. Ever, it's, yeah. like, so beautifully done. Um, the accommodations are fantastic like your kids have a big giant bunk bed they're in a separate room I'm all for it Um, but literally not only did I not hear from my children all day um, they like there's no cell service like you can't hear from your kid unless they're in Wi-Fi so they were out kayaking they were out I don't do all sorts of stuff paddleboarding they met all these other kids but for all the teens and tweens at the resort I mean, we went back to our room at like 10, 30, 11. They were all still hanging out. And it's so cute. I was telling Nancy earlier, like, they're at like the ice cream shop. (laughs) Like, they're all (laughs) hanging out at the ice cream diner shop. You know, there's a water park. So there's something about, it wasn't a quote unquote kids club, which they have for the littler kids, which is like Sesame Street. But they didn't have to be part of a kids club to have all these activities at their disposal and be safe. And be monitored and 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 meet other kids. take the water slide to the ice cream sundae bar in the pool. Yes. That's sort of key. <laughs> <laughs> you can all, and also swim up. The first time I saw my children when I finally met up, up with them, they were, the, no, they were at the swim up bar having virgin pina coladas, <laughs> like with, you know, half their body in the water and half out at the bar. Um, but zucchinis, I'm sure. Oh, my God. And so I don't know, from New York and from Atlanta and from Miami and from Toronto, there are all these direct flights to Turks and Caicos. From New York, it's like three and a half hours. Couldn't have been easier. They redid the airport since we were there last. So, like, even that was easier. It was all easy. I was like, this is the best experience. They had, like, the kiosks. And, and they're not even a sponsor. They're definitely not a sponsor. <laughs> so I highly recommend. It's hot as hell in the summer, but it's hot as hell everywhere. Like, the rates are great during the summer. There's all these package deals online. If you're looking for a super easy family vacation, I also think with grandparents, it would be, like, awesome because um, they could go do their thing. All It's bizarre not to take your wallet out. Your tipping is not allowed. Like, nothing's allowed. You literally don't. You put your wallet in the safe when you get there. You don't see it again. But they do have a dress code. No, well, they do. They did tell my husband to put a shirt on when we went to one of the diners. But, but the uh, but the jerk shack says no shoes, no shirt, no problem. Uh. (laughs) Um, So I highly recommend it. I highly recommend the. I am no longer. Well, I probably am an all inclusive snob, but just because it has to be this now. (laughs) I'm not trying the others, but um, check it out for your next family vacation. It was great. And that is it for this week. Uh, you can check us out at facebook.com slash parentingbites. We'll have links to all the things we talked about. And you definitely want to check out Cece's Instagram feed. So make sure you check out our Facebook page for the link to that. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Just do hashtag parentingbites. Of course, on iTunes, Parenting Bites, rate us, review us, share us, listen to us, download us, subscribe, subscribe. And on play.it, where you can find Parenting Bites and all the other awesome CBS podcasts. And until then, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.